a large population of our folks in our shorter-term training programs are low-skilled individuals. We need to make certain that everything that we do helps to move those low-skilled individuals on a pathway towards a family wage job. That's an equity issue. It's an economic justice issue. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi, I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Executive Director of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us. You, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of Work. Hi, this is Christina Barsi, the co-host and producer of this podcast, and I am here today with Dr. Darlene Miller, the Executive Director of National Council for Workforce Education. She is a panelist at the Future of Work virtual conference happening this November 12th. If you have not signed up yet, it is free, and the link to join is in the show notes, so make sure you do that when you're done listening. Welcome, Darlene. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Well, Darlene, we're excited to have you. You are a panelist on the Future of Work conference this year. Can you tell us a little bit more first about your position as the executive director for the National Council of Workforce Education and what that organization focuses on? Certainly. NCWE, the National Council for Workforce Education, is a nonprofit. We are an affiliate council of the American Association of Community Colleges. Our focus is on workforce education. We are a membership-driven organization. Our members have access to webinars, resources on our website, as well as our annual conference. And we have a board of directors of about 26 individuals who are workforce leaders across the country in community colleges, as well as from community-based organizations or research organizations that look at workforce education and career and technical education. Wonderful. How did you get involved? I've been working in the community college world and community and technical colleges for just a little over 30 years. I was a member of NCWE. I was on the board of directors of NCWE. And when we made the decision to change our organizational structure about 10 years ago, the board asked me to take on being at the time the interim director and then turned into the director's position. So I've been with the organization almost exactly 10 years. That's amazing. What are you most proud of that the organization does? What drew you to it for such a long time and what kept you there? Well, I think we're always on the cusp of what's happening in workforce education and trying to be on the cusp. Our national conference is well-respected, well-regarded, and well-attended. People come because it's specifically for practitioners in workforce and economic development and education. And we're proud of that. We're proud of our focus on practitioners. 
We've been involved in a number of national initiatives looking at student success as well as success in partnerships with business and industry and other organizations that support people being able to get access to education and training that leads to family wage jobs. I think our proudest accomplishment is we have an academy called the New Workforce Professionals Academy, and the academy is specifically designed for professionals new in community colleges to workforce education or CTE education who would like to learn more and grow in their jobs and grow as future leaders in this field. Those of us who have been in this field a very long time know that it has evolved quickly and significantly changed over the last 20 years. And those of us that have been doing it a long time know we had to learn it by the seat of our pants. And the purpose of the academy is to help new professionals learn the business and become more effective and more productive and more successful in a shorter period of time. So when you say the business, do you mean people who are actually contributing to workforce education? Can you be more specific for someone who might not know? All of our members are workforce education professionals, either working in community colleges or working at community-based organizations or working for things like workforce boards, some in government agencies. So it's people that are working, developing training programs, education programs, supporting their communities and helping people in their communities get access to the education and training they need to gain and attain family wage jobs. That's really important work. Thank you for sharing that. While you're on the panel, all that said, what are you hoping to shine some light on when you get to speak there? You know, the topic, the future of work, has been a focus of our conference the last couple of years because technology, automation, artificial intelligence is, is changing so rapidly. And it's having such a significant impact on jobs, as well as significant changes to what we do in curriculum into the future. One of the things that I would say my biggest concern with as we move is our low-skilled adults in our communities and across this country. One of the issues that we're very concerned about is that as we look at the future of work and we look at the skills, particularly the technical skills, the literacy skills, the numeracy skills, the digital literacy skills that people are going to need, that we've got a large population of low-skilled folks that generally come to community colleges who currently don't have the literacy, numeracy, digital literacy skills they need to be successful. And I think our biggest struggle over the next couple of years is going to be how do we get that population of folks trained and ensure that as we develop training programs that we are not just training people in technical skills, but we're training them in the literacy, the numeracy, and the digital skills that they're going to need as technology changes. I think it's going to be our biggest challenge. I hope that Andrew Yang is wrong and that we don't have a population of people that we're just going to give subsidies to because they cannot attain the skills necessary for the future. But I do think it's going to be our biggest challenge over the next few years. Do you have any insight to your solutions around that? At this point, we need to help educators and workforce professionals understand and be aware of those skills that we're seeing more and more Places come out and talk about what are those skills that people are going to need as automation, as artificial intelligence takes over certain jobs. So what are those skills? What are the gaps going to be? And then how do we ensure and how are we intentional in making certain that those skills are infused into programs and curriculum? One of the things that community colleges do very well for low-skilled folks is that they do help get them skilled up quickly for jobs in the community working with local employers. But As 
those jobs change? Did we make certain that those folks gained digital literacy skills, numeracy skills, basic literacy, reading and writing skills that they need so that they can attain then the next certificate along the way or the next step on a career pathway that they're going to need as the future of work changes? So it's building those foundational skills, identifying what the next set of skills might be as we move forward with artificial intelligence and things of that nature. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and you know, and I think we have to get to a place where some of the skills that, that, that they're saying for the future are things like problem solving, analytical thinking. Where in our curriculum are people going to learn those skills? Right. Do we need to modify courses or modify programs so that there's an intentional focus on that skill building. We need to stop saying things like, well, I never liked algebra. My children don't like algebra. What do I ever do with algebra? There are certain skills that are learned through algebra that are going to be important skills into the future. Now, that doesn't mean I'm advocating for everybody has to take algebra, but what are those problem-solving skills that people learn that we need to be paying more attention to and infusing into the curriculum or integrating into the curriculum? Because it doesn't always mean somebody has to take an algebra class, but how do you take the numeracy skill development, that problem-solving and analytical skill development that you get in those courses, and how do you infuse it throughout the curriculum? I really like that as an example because we all have felt a certain way about that topic, that subject, algebra. And it's not that linear. You're right. There's skills that we develop when we learn certain types of cognitive skills or subject matters. So that's really interesting. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because I know the panel is focusing a lot on equity, particularly this year. We always care about equity. It's very important to the department and Pasadena City College. But how do you feel your organization is contributing to that conversation? We have had at our conference over at least the last five or six years, we've always had a strand focusing on equity, diversity, inclusivity, because we find it to be so important. We know that colleges, no matter how hard they try, still do not do well with serving everyone in their community. We know that the Perkins requirements are there, but colleges struggle with how to meet those equity, inclusivity requirements in Perkins. And we also know the one thing that this pandemic has shown us and the events over the last year or so is that there is issues around equity and economic justice and economic equity. And so it's something that we have to keep at the forefront. In fact, our board of directors is going through a whole process now of rewriting our values. And it's quite frankly struggling because it's not easy, but struggling with what is our role as an organization in helping community colleges in meeting their equity and diversity goals. The other thing that I would say about this is that it goes back to my point about the literacy skill building. Again, you know, a large population of our folks in our shorter term training programs are low skilled individuals. We need to make certain that everything that we do helps to move those low skilled individuals on a pathway towards a family wage job. That's an equity issue. It's an economic justice issue. So we can't let those folks be left behind. We can't get so enamored with automation and artificial intelligence and those big skills and forget about folks in our community that probably need education and training programs most. Beautiful. Agreed. And it is an ongoing conversation that should continue to evolve as we all do. So thank you for sharing that. From the Future of Work Conference, as an attendee, what are you hoping someone walks away with after this conversation? Again, I'm going to go back to what I've been saying all along. 
this intentionality of building literacy, numeracy, and digital literacy skills, that we have to think about our curriculum and we have to look at our curriculum and we have to look at our programs and we have to look at them often and look at what are the skills that we're hearing for the future? What are the skills we're hearing from our employers that they are infused? And it's not just the technical skills, that there are those other skills that need to be integrated into our programs and into our curriculum for people to be successful into the future. So if that's the one thing that they hear from me, I hope they walk away with just thinking the word intentionality. I need to be intentional at looking at my curriculum, intentional about making certain that every one of my programs helps folks in it gain not just the technical skills, but those other skills. That's fantastic. Being intentional. That's a great takeaway. Thank you, Dr. Miller. I appreciate your time with us. We are so looking forward to hearing from you more about this conversation on November 12th. And just thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to November 12th as well. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast presented by Pasadena City College. If you'd like to get involved and have resources to share or be a guest on the show, you can find a link to our webpage to reach out to us in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and tell us your thoughts about the show. This helps more people like you discover the podcast and you can look forward to new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.